Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome. To the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Lackadaisical LibroCuber List. This show is one in which I discuss all the media I've consumed for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, I just got back from a little journey, a little quest, a little sojourn. Oh, that's a fun word. Got a J right in the middle. Not too many words with J's in the middle, I feel like. Uh, decided that, uh, and I do have this craving every once in a while, but... Uh, today I decided to satisfy said craving, which is to uh, go to Timmy's, a.k.a. Tim Hortons, if you are not Canadian, and uh, get myself uh, a little breakfast. Uh, unfortunately, where I live, in the middle of nowhere, um, it's, I don't know if it's 15 minutes, probably. So, like, half hour. But you know what? I took my time, saw the sights such as they were which is not much because it's mostly, you know, farm fields between me and there. Uh, and, uh, you know, it drove with the window open. It's a nice 20 degrees out uh, at uh, six o'clock in the morning, seven now. Um, and, you know, it's just nice, nice to get out uh, as I don't often do that. Uh, order was, I'll, I'll tell you my, my uh, sort of default with a twist, I figure, uh, I always get the uh, 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 farmer's sausage breakfast wrap. And for some reason, and I almost don't know why I do this. Maybe it got screwed up once. Yeah, maybe that's why. I always like really enunciate it whenever I order it. Uh, can I get the farmer's sausage breakfast wrap? Um, yeah, I, I don't know why I do it. Maybe it's annoying to the people uh, who prepare the order. Um, so basically, that's a sausage, egg, hash brown in a wrap hash brown and a wrap insane uh with this really good sauce now uh this was an okay one uh they went a little light on the sauce but i feel like normally they go too heavy on the sauce so you know sometimes i find that you know what the one i had previous to them to this one which was on a trip northwards uh was the perfect amount so you know you take what you can get, I suppose. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have a f sausage farmer's breakfast wrap. Uh, I also got a uh, large coffee double double, which uh, I haven't had with like a, a just a plain Timmy's coffee in a while. Uh, and then I'll usually treat myself to whatever sort of special donuts they might have it at the time. And this morning, I'm happy to report that uh, it was a uh, apple pie donut. Apple pie. Donut, you say? Yes, somehow, some way, the mad scientists at Tim Hortons, Timothy Hortons himself, perhaps, uh, have created this uh, abomination to God, and uh, it was delicious. So you know, mission accomplished. I also got a lottery ticket because 
while uh, I am under no illusions that I will, uh, you know, win a grand prize, it's always nice to have that little that little th- feeling in the back of your head. Uh, I just got a little uh, scratch off. Uh, my default for a scratch off is one called Cash for Life, which is a thousand dollars a week for life. Uh, my theory there. Wow, this is a very long preamble that I uh, had no plan on doing whatsoever. But hey, what the hell? We're in it. We're in it to win it. Segue back into lottery talk. Uh, is that you? Uh, you always hear. Well, you don't always hear, but when you do hear about people winning jackpots of you know huge amounts, and it's sort of ruining their lives because of I don't know money money corruption. Yeah. We'll just boil it down to money corruption. I, I, I feel like I would be able to not let that happen to myself, but you know, why take the chance and, uh, instead just go with this, you know, uh, enough money so that I would never have to work again and could afford, you know, things that I wanted to do. Yeah. That's, that's the theory that I'm working under. So, you know, wish me luck on that. Uh, if in episode five eighty seven. Uh, 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 I sound richer, you'll know why. What does that mean? I don't know. I think what I should do, since I have not had a preamble this long, uh, I don't know, ever, is just push this button. So that's what I'm going to do as soon as I turn this up a little bit, and here we go. Movie monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Happy Little Tentacles. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, I feel like I've uh, really made up for my uh, sad lacking of movies that I uh, have had lately uh, in this particular movie monologue as I have one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't had a five movie movie monologue in quite a while. But uh, you know what it is? I ha- actually haven't recorded in a little bit. Uh, I just took a bit of a a break, which is uh, the nice thing of uh, the uh, 10 weeks on, uh, two weeks off schedule is usually I'll, I'll I'll be, I'll have a few episodes in the can, which is what the, you know, professionals say. Movie the first from 1977, Tentacles, or Tentacles, if you're from Greece. Uh, yeah. Now, strangely, very strangely, this was a choice of movie to watch by the missus. Yes, let me read the empta. Uh, a mutated giant octopus wreaks havoc on a California seaside community. Okay, so what? when did Jaws come out? Probably 76? 75, okay, yeah. So, uh, post-1975, uh, there were uh, a handful of let's just should we call them sea monster sure why not sea monster related films this being one of them um i think maybe if i had to guess and i didn't actually ask uh, th- uh with, with jaws being one of the missus's favorite movies just period full stop which she shares in common with uh howard kremer so you know that's fine um maybe she gravitated to watching some of these older Again, we'll just call them sea monster movies, uh, uh, which, you know, <laughs> you could fall into that trap, I suppose. Um, but uh, I feel like you should do so with the knowledge that a lot of them, like this one, are not very good. Uh, and 
maybe verge into so bad they're good territory, but this one, it was just kind of bad and boring, and uh, I think it suffers, and suffers is maybe not the right word, but it's the word I'm going to use, from uh, 1977 uh, uh, um, pacing, movie pacing back then uh, was, well, slow. Um, which, you know, sometimes it's not that bad. And sometimes like in this, where there's seemingly large swaths of just things not happening or the longest and strangest fight between two orca and a giant octopus that I've ever seen in my entire uh, 40 years on this planet, for example, uh, yeah, <laughs> that sounds exciting. I know. And it was for the first, you know, t fucking half hour <laughs> that felt like, uh, yeah. So, uh, tentacles, I'm going to give a 1.59321 next movie. Uh, Bob Ross, colon, happy accidents, comma, betrayal, ampersand, greed. Bob Ross brought joy to millions as the world's most famous art instructor, but a battle for his business empire cast a shadow over his happy trees. Uh, yeah, so uh, apparently, and I think I had heard this before, uh, uh, Bob Ross's uh, family, I, I guess son specifically, uh, has no rights or uh, gets zero money from anything Bob Ross related, which seems uh, insane. Uh, hopefully, although I doubt it, uh, with sort of this coming to light to the greater public, something could be done. I don't know. It seems like it already went into uh, uh, arbitration, I guess you would call it, uh, between uh, the Bob Ross company and uh, the people who run it, who at least from this movie, uh, you know, seem like monsters. Uh, and, uh, 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 what's Bob Ross's son? Steve Ross failed to get anything from that sort of verdict from that outcome. So, you know, that's sad. It just seems wrong, right? Like you, you would assume that the son of Bob Ross would uh, be able to have some of the, uh, you know, what's the word I, I guess financial success of his father should go to him and not just some corporation right logically morally doesn't that seem reasonable um so although it focuses on that we do get to see some uh, you know of Bob Ross's uh, story not around that and it just seems like a you know a, a happy uh, a spreading literal joy to the world where uh, uh is, is not an easy thing to do and he managed to do it for a long long time so <sighs> sad uh and happy little trees uh rating wise mm, i think i'd go three and change probably yeah it was uh it was interesting but uh you know what i would have rather um is a documentary focusing on him and his life rather than this situation and maybe just touch on this maybe have a portion of it devoted to this or i i don't know it's just i think when i think of a bob ross documentary i i, I think something closer to like a like a feel good uh, uh, uh shit what's the hell's his name uh, mr rogers you know th that kind of thing maybe that's more what i was looking for and then come in and see uh you know humanity and its horribleness 
and uh, get let down a little bit. So, you know, that's why I'm taking off Mark's probably. I don't know. Who knows what my mind is thinking. Speaking of crazy minds, yeah, that's a segue, I suppose. Powder from 1995. Yeah, I forget how this came up. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the missus had never seen it. Uh, which, you know, that's fine. If you haven't seen the movie Powder from 1995, you're okay. Okay? That being said, an off-the-charts genius who is homeschooled and shunned after his last relative dies shows the unconscious resi- unconscious residence of his town. Shows the... Yeah, okay, well, that's what it says. I don't remember the residence being particularly unconscious. Shows the unconscious residence of his town... About connection, awareness, and the generosity of spirit. I suppose that's true. So this is a classic, uh, and I feel like this was actually pretty prevalent in the 90s, a lightning strike magical power (laughs) situation. So his mother, Powders, uh, the titular Powder, (laughs) uh, his mother was struck by lightning while he was in the womb which uh, killed her and seemingly gave him powers. He, uh, uh, with some uh, detriments, I suppose you would call them, in the form of uh, alopecia and albinism. So uh, that's why his nickname is Powder. Not very nice of people to call him that. To his face, no less. Uh, uh, Sean Patrick Flannery plays the uh, uh, Powder. we got Jeff Goldblum, who I forgot was in this. Lance Henriksen always good never not good ditto mary steenburgen yeah uh ray wise got a classic ray wise asshole appearance in this uh it is a good movie uh (laughs) despite me saying you don't have to have watched powder from 1995 i think if you did you would have fun uh definitely has you know what it's interesting coming off that bob ross there this definitely has that sort of feel-good vibe that i was looking for uh so i i feel like if i watch this in 2019 i'd probably give it a, a three maybe a four uh, but in uh, uh, 2021, when you need this, or at least when I, I should specify, when I need this sort of a, a feel good, you know, a, a, a escape from reality, I probably go like four to, to just some feel goody five moments. So, you know, powder, who knew? Moving on to, from 2015, a movie called Southbound. Oh, this was a weird one. Um, Five interlocking tales of terror follow the fates of a group of wary travelers who confront their worst nightmares and darkest secrets over one long night in a desolate stretch of desert highway. Uh, I feel like, yeah, desert highway, weirdness, evilness. Is that a theme? Is is that a trope, perhaps? I think it might be, which is interesting. I guess because it's that desolation uh, sort of lends itself well to uh, these sorts of stories. So it does, uh, it does have a kind of logic to it. Um, inter interlocking tales loosely, very loosely. Um, I kind of wish I had a read this before I uh, watched the movie because I thought it was just going to be one, uh, uh, you know, one, one story where it's five that are loosely connected. So trying to make sense I, I sort of found myself trying to make sense of what was happening in these various things and how they were connected and it didn't really make sense. So uh, I, I think had I went in with the knowledge that it was five stories, 
I would have liked that, which is strange because normally, uh, for the most part, I enjoy going into movies with, uh, sort of as little knowledge as possible. So, uh, I wonder, that sort of begs the question, um, begs that are there, what are the, yeah, how do I phrase this? What are the scenarios where if you go into the movie, you would like to know a few things versus, uh, scenarios in which you want to go into a movie blind. I suppose the obvious answer for going into a movie blind would be like a, a mystery movie. You, you want to go in with no knowledge of anything. Uh, and that way you can follow the sort of twists and turns and be surprised and such. Now going in with some knowledge, there's this, but I feel like there's gotta be other examples. I'll tell you what I'll do. Uh, and this has never worked, so I don't know why I do it, but Hey, it also doesn't hurt audience participation time. Can you think of an example of what I'm talking about? If you can, uh, uh let me know, uh, to, uh, any of the, uh, contact info in the closing credits or, uh, Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter, no less southbound. Despite that, uh, I did like it and, uh, it was very, uh, weird and dark and, uh, uh, I, I, I did sort of have an idea of what was going on. Uh, in, in a sort of underlying sense, which I enjoyed. So I'd probably go like four out of five. Yeah. Uh, I like a weird movie. The missus on the other hand, who I <laughs> sadly convinced to watch this, not a fan. She doesn't like a weird movie for the most part. So yeah. Uh, however, this next movie, which she freaking loves apparently, uh, you know, maybe that made up for it. Uh, this is from 2020. It is called run. Are you in? A homeschool teenager begins to su suspect her mother is keeping a dark secret from her. Starring Sarah Paulson and Kira Allen. Kira Allen, who I don't think I've ever seen in. I'm just going to click on her name in IMDA. And uh, no, I don't think I've ever seen her in anything. But after seeing her in this, she's very, very good. Yeah. Uh, uh, enjoyed her performance very, very much. Uh, just to get it out of the way before I forget, rating wise. Uh, uh, as I told the missus, um, we'll give it a, uh, a solid four, uh, enjoyed it. You know, a, a lot of a sweaty palm edge of your seat moments. Definitely. Uh, and this has come up before a, a sweaty palm movie where, where, you know, like timing and, and, and terror and, and, and she could pop off any moment and you're always sort of nervous and whew. <laughs> so, so that sort of situation I felt like happened a lot, uh, uh, many times over the course of this movie. Um, now the, the reason that I'm taking, uh, at least a mark off is that within, I feel like less than five minutes, uh, I guessed what was happening. Uh, and at one point, I guess the exact sort of, uh, I don't know if I'd call it a twist necessarily, basically, uh, uh, and this has come up also on the podcast, uh, fairly often the fact that, uh, sure. I feel, you know, like a smarty pants when I can guess the plot of the movie within five minutes. Uh, but I would rather not and be surprised, uh, in, in movies that surprise me like that, uh, I always end up giving, you know, sort of higher marks too. Uh, shit. You know what I just realized? I forgot to put a sixth movie that I watched in my notes here. So shit. Yeah. Sixth movie. Uh, okay. So let me just get the, bring up the end here. Movie, the six, which I have to remember. Let me make a note to myself. Put green knights in 
show notes. Okay. Movie of the Six, Green Knight. Oh, uh, The Green Knight from 2021. Oh. Uh, fantasy retelling of the medieval story of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. Now, I was racking my brains, and I honestly... You know what? If I, if I do this, Green Knight, I don't think this will do anything. Sliders. No. Okay, uh, anyways, uh, somehow, some way, I have, at least I feel like I have read the medieval story, The Green Knight, or, but, but the interesting thing is, is about that is I feel like the story of The Green Knight was within another story I was reading. Is that possible? Again, I would love audience participation on this because I have no idea what, what and how I have read this. Uh, it, it's almost like... I read another book and someone told this story in that book, uh, maybe a, a sort of shortened version. Uh, not that it's a, a long story necessarily, but, uh, okay. So this is a, a starring Dave Patel as uh, Gawain. Uh, we've got some other somewhat familiar faces and some you may not have seen before, but, uh, regardless, this was a very, very good movie. Um, falls into a couple of categories for me. Uh, uh, beautiful. Yeah, I, I think I'd throw that maybe first and foremost. So many scenes, uh, I, I feel like you could just pause your screen and take a picture and hang it on your wall. Uh, this is something I've said often of, oh shit, what the fuck is that guy's name? Uh, God, I don't know. <sighs> oh, shit. Okay, so this is this is the portion of the podcast where I try to think of one of the uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, Moonrise, Moonrise Kingdom. What the hell is that guy's name, right? And why was that the first one? Wes Anderson. Oh my god. Yeah, and embarrassing that I couldn't think of that, but you know, my brain don't work so good sometimes. Anyways, um. The, the, those movies often fall into this category of just just beautiful to look at. Now, the beauty of uh, The Green Knight, perhaps a little uh, darker, um, uh, another sort of category that this falls into, uh, something that I love just sort of in media in general, is a quest, a journey, a traveling from point A to point B and uh, crazy shit happening along the way. It's something I love of probably some of my favorite... Yeah, yeah, definitely some of my favorite fantasy. That's what it is. Hell, Lord of the Rings, which I'm uh, reading right now, or rereading, I should say. Uh, yeah, just that fact that I feel like in a quest, because the, the, the scenes and the locales are constantly changing, it lends itself more readily to the fact that anything can happen. Uh, uh, the reason that I took a Markov for Run uh, because it's predict uh, so predictable, uh, when you have this quest sort of a formula format, whatever you want to call it, uh, it, it means you, quite often you have no idea what's going to happen next. And that I love, um, uh, acting spot on sound, uh, the music, the, the, the title cards, it was a little weird, which I like a couple, a couple of dollops of weirdness for sure. 
uh, easy, easy five out of five, uh, uh, six out of five for its beauty. Uh, I highly, highly recommend uh, the Green Knight if the things that I am saying sound appealing to you. Folks, this is going to be a long episode. Jesus, first segment. Okay, uh, what am I pushing next? All right, this one next. Television talk. Today's television talk sponsor is Mugato Mafalato. Mafalata. Thank you for that sponsorship. Uh, we are talking Lower Decks Season 2, Episodes 1, 2, 5. One, two, three, four, five, if you prefer. Yeah, uh, uh, it is back on the air, and it is pretty friggin' good. One, two, three, one, two, three, four. Sorry, episodes one to four, because I haven't... Oh, no, no, one to five. Yeah, I'm right. Uh, when is the next one airing? 16th. Oh, okay, so that's why, because I went to watch it, and it wasn't... Uh... Huh. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, sorry, I, I, just just wondering when the next episode was going to air, and I thought maybe I missed it, which I have not. So I'll probably end up doing uh, the the uh, other uh, the other five episodes in a in another podcast is probably what will happen. Anyways, um, this is somehow some way a, a quintessential Trek, like it feels like such quintessential Trek with the. Uh, edition of well-written comedy uh, comedy that uh, you know what I'm very curious about could you watch this without having knowledge of Star Trek and still find it funny M my theory is yes but not yes and but yes but uh, you would miss probably a lot of the jokes something I very much enjoy uh, uh, is the missus watched uh, an episode with me or rather I watched it and she you know was sort of passing through and sat down and watched some of it with me um, and the fact that I have made her slash she ends up enjoying in the end uh uh, a fair amount of uh, Star Trek over the years meant that she got some deep nerdy jokes uh, or was like amused that uh, seemingly Quark's bar uh, is a chain, uh, <laughs> which is a uh, Quark's bar and casino is a chain sort of throughout the quadrant now, which I love. Um, yeah, so uh, that just sort of uh, lightened my heart alone. Uh, Tanya Newsom, love her. Uh, uh, listen to, uh, I, I know I've spoken of it on the podcast before, but listen to uh, her podcast, Yo Is This Racist? Especially if, like me, you are a white person, you should be listening to this podcast. Uh, just a goddamn delight. Uh, every episode, five out of five, uh, the, the, we've got Tom Paris in one. Strange Energies. Okay, yeah, so let's look at some of the individual episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so Strange Energies. Teaser. Uh, holodeck. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, I'm bad with names. Uh, Boimler uh, makes his way back to the Cerritos. So that's nice to have one of the, the main characters sort of come back and return, maybe with a different attitude. And it's interesting, too, because it's not necessarily so much that he returned I guess it kind of is, uh, but uh, through a transporter accident, uh, uh, he split into two, uh, uh, a la 
oh shit, what was uh, Riker and oh god, what was Riker's clone uh, transporter clone named? Uh, uh, I forget. Eh, anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, so uh, it's nice to have him back. Uh, uh, on his eyes open. Oh yeah, uh, sort of a play on the classic Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra. We've got uh, one of those species. Uh, uh, played by oh shit, what was the guy's? Uh, played by none other than Carl Tart. Yes. Comedy Bang Bang, Carl Tart. Yes, that one. Uh, it's nice to see. You know, we've got the uh, Tanya Newsom, we've got Carl Tart, we've got Paul F. Tompkins, we've got a fucking shit ton of uh, uh, podcast royalty in this, which obviously adds to my love of the show. Uh, sort of a, uh, yeah. Uh, we've got. Moving on to. Oh, that one was neat, too, because it had a, a, a collector, uh, not dissimilar to the guy who collected data, which apparently there's just people out there who do that. Uh, 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 we've got, uh, we'll always have Tom Paris. <laughs> uh, they got, uh, oh, I forget the actor's name who plays Tom Paris, but uh, he, we got him and he was sucking uh, badass in the episode. Uh, uh, got to fly the uh, ship a little bit. Uh, so fun. Uh, well, let's have Tom Paris. We've got, uh, of course, uh, Mugatu Gamato, which uh, that was a, a. It's kind of a little unfortunate that that was the one that the misses watched with me, uh, just because that is a uh, uh, the original series uh, uh, reference. But uh, she has not, and I doubt ever will watch the original series. Like getting her to watch uh, Deep Space Nine, uh, not so difficult. But the original series, you know, that's a bit more of an ask. Uh, you know, you never know. Maybe when we're uh, eighty years old, I'll. Uh, I'll, I'll convince her. It'll take me another 40 years, but one day I'll friggin' do it. Uh, and then uh, the last one, uh, Embarrassment of Duplers. That one with none other than Mr. Richard Kind. Uh, and not one, but dozens, if not hundreds, if not thousands of uh, Richard Kinds. So uh, uh, a delight. Yes, I fucking love it. It is just amazing Trek. Um, just on the note of Trek, uh, we got February of next year uh, 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 with Picard coming back with Q. How exciting is that? So good, so good. Uh, we're living in a, a, a sort of golden age of Trek because you have all your previous Treks and, you know, nothing will take that away. All you angry Trek people. I know there's there's not... It's, it's, it's a, a vocal minority, I feel like, but still. Uh, and then you have all this new Trek, so... It's a, it's just a goddamn delight. Uh, what button am I pushing now? This one. Game Gabin. Loftwing down filled pillows. Thank you for your sponsorship. Okay, we're talking The Legend of Zelda, colon, Skyward Sword HD. Yes. Yes. Very, very cool because uh, this was the only sort of main... Uh, mainline? What, what do they call it? Main something. Uh, yeah, main... I think they call it mainline. Zelda game that I had never played. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess because I didn't have a... Was it Wii U? I'm pretty sure. 
Anyways, uh, I didn't have the system that this was on, so this was the only one I never played. Uh, uh, you know, which I always sort of felt like, ah, shit, you know, I'd like to have played all of them. And uh, uh, the sense of accomplishment for having not only played, but beaten uh, this game uh, felt so, so good. Uh, uh, just like a, a, a tremendous... <laughs> and it's kind of dumb. It's a video game, right? Like, whatever. But the, 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 the sense of accomplishment for having beaten it. And uh, I will say, especially for, you know, uh, and this comes up from time to time, I mentioned that, you know, you're 40 years old, your gaming skills such as they are, I feel like they lose the Z and put an S on the end. Uh, they're, they're, they're not as good as they used to be. Uh, and there was some moments in this that were difficult where I died repeatedly and got a little frustrated, which is not a feeling I like. And the reason why I don't play games like dark souls. Um, but, uh, you know, I powered through most of the time it was having to beat that fucking same thing over and over again in the pit, uh, the giant black monster thing. Uh, that thing fucked me up a couple of times, uh, and getting used to the controls definitely took some time as well, uh, because, and this sort of famously, uh, 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 uh motion controlled game in which your sword, uh, is sort of controlled with motion. So sort of figuring out, uh, how they do that on a non-motion control. I used, uh, not a pro controller, but like a, one of the cheap ones, uh, where you have to like flick. Uh, it, it took me a while to get this down, like uh, how you have to flick the uh, 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 the um, control f in, in order to indicate which direction your sword slashes are coming from. Uh, yeah, uh, it, once you get it, it actually sort of makes sense. But uh, I was a very quite a number of hours in before I did eventually get it. What helped is one of the bosses. Oh, yeah. What's the, what's the boss's name in this? He's fucking uh, weird, creepy dude, man. Um, with, with a, a freakishly long tongue, which is always scary, <laughs> uh, having to fight him specifically and sort of, uh, to the point where, uh, dying so repeatedly and not really getting what I had to do, uh, having to go online, which I will admit of all Zelda games I've ever played, this is probably, no, this is definitely the most I have had to look online for solutions, which doesn't feel great. Um, it's just, I feel like other Zelda games, they, they telegraph more easily, uh, what you're supposed to do for like puzzles and battles and stuff. Whereas this, like if I didn't look what you're supposed to do to beat this boss, uh, I, I'm not sure if I would have just sort of innately figured it out, uh, which is, you know, that, that, that's unusual for a Zelda game that is sort of, uh, these games are famous for, uh, uh telegraphing. And not knocking you on the head, but, but, but like Breath of the Wild in particular, uh, you know, they don't give you a quote unquote tutorial necessarily, but they do give you enough that, uh, 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 oh yeah. You know what? This game makes me want to play Breath of the Wild. Oh, maybe I'll play it today. Anyways, um, rating wise, easy five out of five. Um, I think something that was sort of famously annoying from back in the day is your, uh, your sentient sword bugging you. Yeah. She never really bugged me. Um, the, uh, another sort of thing I read going into this because I debated buying this. Uh, I wasn't sure having heard stories of this and this supposed to be one of the not great Zelda games. 
uh, you know, I went back and forth a little bit on uh, uh, whether to pull Triggy, as Howard Kramer would say. Oh, two Howard Kramer <laughs> references in one episode for some reason. Uh, uh, but I'm glad I did. And uh, rating, I think I'd, uh, I'd go an easy five out of five. By the end, I did feel good at it. I felt powerful. I had upgraded all my stuff. Uh, uh, hopping around and uh, killing stuff and, uh, and you know, the, 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 the certain ways in which you kill certain baddies and stuff. Uh, you know, I, I, I got good. I didn't get good. I got good. Uh, so, uh, legend of Zelda skyward sword. I would recommend particularly if like me, you, uh, would enjoy the, the, the completing the saga. Uh, uh yeah good stuff one more button push we're almost there running out of steam <laughs> Charlie. Charlie bit me. internet intercourse i like turtles today's internet intercourse sponsor is the purple prince of thieves thank you for that sponsorship Item the first, fun house, fun house, word of the day, word of the day, yes, uh, spoken of fun house on this podcast, I don't know how many times, it is a YouTube channel that is video game comedy related, I suppose, if you want to just boil it right down. Uh, uh, quite often they'll have ways in which they decide what games to play, uh, this is a fun one, um, so they'll break it this old sort of apparently dusty, which, you know, that's, that's a thing, a book dust, uh, uh old dusty dictionary. It's fucking huge too. Like it's got to weigh 10 pounds. It's, it's, it's ginormous. Uh, and they'll flip through it and then, you know, randomly pick a word and then type that word into, I actually don't know what the program is that they're using. It kind of looks like congregate, which was, uh, and is, it's still around. I'm pretty sure. Uh, an old, um, flash game, uh, uh, website. Uh, I, I spent, oh man, a lot of game, a lot of hours on uh, congregate, uh, a gem. What was that gem one? I used to play in there balloons. I used to like, a, the, they got some great tower defense games on that. Uh, if, if you like a tower defense game, I feel like you never have to buy one. You could go on that and, uh, you'll have hours and hours and hours of, of time. Anyways, uh, so they'll, they'll, you know, whatever word they pick, they'll type it in that and they'll play a bunch of games and they'll uh, shoot the shit and uh, have some jokes and uh, chat and have fun. Hey, easy peasy lemon squeezy. Uh, so I mentioned it here because uh, it's something that fun house uh, does better than anyone else. I feel like just, you know, sitting around playing a game, shooting the shit, having some fun. Yeah. What, what more do you need really? Um, yeah. Uh, moving on to man shorts drunk before noon. Oh yeah. Man shorts who traditionally, at least how I have found them, uh, have posted a D and D related, uh, videos have, uh, had recently, uh, been posting things called uh, drunk before noon, which is sort of a little web series, a little comic web series. Uh, I guess you would call it if you sort of, uh, looking for what to call things on the internet. Sometimes you call things web series, uh, are they still a thing? Web series? I guess it kind of is a series of connected videos on the internet. Hey, why not? And, uh, they're a lot of fun. Uh, just the level of ridiculousness of these, uh, drunk people. You've, you got a straight man. It's interesting how they're doing it, uh, during COVID as well, where 
uh, one, uh, the, the, uh, straight man will be on the phone with the, uh, drunk, uh, uh, guy or guys. Uh, so, so interesting to see that as well. Uh, they'll, they'll throw some boopers at the end, which, uh, you could, the, the level of ridiculousness of these videos means that uh, bloopers guaranteed going to be high just for the fact that, <laughs> some of the, 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 the stupid things that these drunk people are getting up to, uh, uh, means that y- you can't help but laugh, uh, watching and, you know, likely filming from the looks of it. So I'm going to recommend man shorts as I have for D and D related stuff. They're, they're great at that, but I uh, just wanted to highlight this, uh, drunk before noon little web series thing because it's fun and funny. You know what else is fun and funny Segway uh idiots and abroad oh i didn't put in a link to this one so hopefully oh let's see if i could remember all their names off the dome and i am so bad at names so this will be good so there's john smith s m i f f yeah that's a name uh uh there's raul coley i think that's his last name coley uh, uh, Jacob Fullerton and of course, Alana Pierce or Alan, Alana Pierce, Alana. Do I say that weird? I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> uh, what it is, is, uh, John is seemingly traveling the gro- globe, traveling and living in different countries for uh, indeterminate amount of times. Uh, and then sort of sharing his experiences in these countries with the other three, the, uh, the other two idiots and, uh, Alana ser- seemingly being the, uh, the, the titular broad <laughs> titular is a fun word. Uh, so obviously there's a play on, uh, an idiot abroad, idiots and abroad. Yeah, you got it. Anyways. Um, so it's a podcast. Uh, I've actually been watching it, which I don't do very often, uh, uh, but for some reason it lends itself well to it. I, I think it's because you get to see them smiling and laughing and sort of getting into it. And then sometimes there's visuals as well, but, um, uh, it, it's been a lot of fun to hear sort of John's adventures, which will then in turn trigger stories from the rest of them about, uh, stuff, you know, it, it is what a podcast is. And I, I think the reason I brought it back here and the reason I bring back most things, uh, particularly in the, uh, internet intercourse segment is you can tell that they are having fun. They're, they're similar to drunk before noon, actually word of the day. I, geez, like everything here. Yeah everything in this segment I've just realized and probably a lot of the time, if not most of the time, it's situations in which you can tell people are uh, creating content on the internet, which yeah, is, can be work and uh, is not always easy, but also situations in which they are having fun doing so, which is something I very much envy. Uh, in fact, it's uh, the reason I do this, the uh, I'm not doing this for <laughs> the, uh, uh, listeners, obviously, as I have almost none. Uh, uh, and it is work. It's not a tremendous amount of work to be honest. Uh, at this point, I've got it down to a science, but I do it because I like doing it. Uh, and I have fun doing it. So, you know, so to do they, and I recommend you listen to them. Another thing I recommend you listen to, segue, I suppose, is the HeadGum Podcast. Yes. Uh, I feel like I've uh, brought this back a couple times now, but this episode in particular with the title Jeff Has COVID, 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, I had to fucking uh, bring back for sure. Yeah, uh, uh, so host of the show, Jeff, got COVID. Yeah, he's he's fine. He was a, a breakthrough case, um, you know, fully vaxxed. So although experienced symptoms, uh, not as bad, obviously, as they could have been. Uh, in fact, I listened to, uh, on my drive today, yeah, on, on my little, uh, tour to Timmy's, uh, I listened to the episode that was right after this one and, uh, he's completed his quarantine. He's, uh, feeling better. Uh, he's even taken a at-home test that said he no longer has COVID. So, you know, he's fine. Um, but the fact that he basically announced to the company that he works for, uh, that he has COVID during the co during the course of a podcast episode and sort of, uh, that was like a segment is insane. Th- this podcast is insane. The Headgum podcast. It's uh, <laughs> it, clearly difficult to describe. Oh shit. I heard someone uh, describe. Oh yeah. Uh, I think last time I talked about this, I brought this up. Uh, someone's description of it was, uh, uh, on a lot of podcasts, it's sort of, um, improv, the, the, the improv of yes. And, um, but this one, uh, the improv is no. And here's why, <laughs> which is a fucking, uh, it's, it's off putting quite often, but it's also a goddamn delight and, uh, very much recommend it. Definitely. If you are, I don't want to say comedically inclined because, if you've listened to comedy to the degree where a lot of it has a sort of sameness to it, this will, uh, put a different taste in your mouth. Yeah. Well, that makes as much sense as any of the bullshit I've said today. Uh, and last but not least, never not funny. One of the OGs in the podcasting game, uh, finally had on guest Blaine Kapach. Yes. Uh, Blaine Kapach is quite possibly the quickest wit on the planet. Him and, uh, Lee Mack, I feel like if you got them together, I've also, I've, I've had this fantasy of somehow, some way, maybe with a, a giant lottery win, not my cash for life, but another one, uh, uh, writing a movie or a video game or some piece of entertainment, uh, and getting Blaine Kapach and Lee Mack together in the same room in order to write it. And, uh, the, 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 the wit would be so quick that it may start wit fires. Yeah. Wit fires because of the quickness of the wit. Uh, so, uh, him on never not funny is just, you know, that's, that's peanut butter and jam right there, man. That's a, that's Jimmy Pardo. He's, he's definitely, uh, of the quick wits. He is on the list for sure. Uh, and it was delight to hear them, you know, just shoot the shit, uh, tell some funny stories. Uh, Blaine had some, uh, uh, he, he tells an amazing story regardless, but he had some, uh, interesting one about having things stolen from him and somehow some way uh the things that were stolen almost seemingly despite being decades apart were stolen by the same person some strange coincidences revolving around that i won't tell the whole story here because that would be a disservice so why don't you when you're finished this go over and listen to that and i'll tell you what you are finished this because i'm done talking yes folks we did it, which leaves the final thing to say, which is always the final thing to say, which is it's nice to be nice 
to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. But. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.